Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the your company name here. Your studios in Cape Coral, Florida. It's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? OG5. It is Wednesday. I'm finally getting used to the new shift. And uh, new shift. New shift. You know, we were on Sundays and Tuesdays and now Wednesdays and who knows one day, maybe possibly Thursdays. You know, we're just consistently inconsistent. Speaking of consistently inconsistent. Mike has a night off due to uh, circumstances out of his control, but he, hopefully he will be back next week. That would be awesome. And uh, he will be missed, but we shall carry on as we always do, because at this time we're five and a half years into this. We've become long-time professionals at this point. How you doing tonight, Gordon? I would argue to say we're long-time amateurs at best, but... Uh, yeah, I'm I guess we're good. not making any money, therefore we're not professionals. <laughs> Look at you with the matching gear. You got your matching hat, your matching pajama shirt on. Well, there's a reason. You go to a hockey game tonight? No, but tomorrow, I'm doing it a day early, tomorrow will be game five, the first round of the Stanley Cup playoff series. Vegas has to just win that game and we move on to round two. This will be a home game. We started... Uh, off horribly at home with the first game and we lost five to one but then we've pretty much swept the jets since then see that you paused right when i muted my mic so i could belch without doing it over the air um i never thought about this before why are you doing it a day early as far as wearing your paraphernalia not on the air tomorrow oh i got you because i was repping bro because I was thinking, you know, back in the day when we had, well, we still have jobs, but when like we lived in Ohio, for example, and everybody and their grandmother wore Ohio State paraphernalia on game day, um, they would wear it the day of work because the games were at night. And so they had to show their their love for the team before the team won and or lost because if they lost at night, they wouldn't be wearing the jersey the next day, but some people would regardless. And so, yeah, I just... It's like, oh, you're doing it tomorrow. Yeah, uh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I got to represent, man. I, I was just looking it up. Looks like your team didn't quite make it in this <sighs> year. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up on, on my team in a while. I don't know, man. Just, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been Every team up. has its day. Every good team and or bad. Has its day. So, can I talk about a show? Sure. Fire Country. Never heard Have of you it. Tried watching Fire Country. No, never heard of it. So it's on CBS. You can, if you got Hulu, you can stream it off of CBS. Is that the if Smoke have, Jumper show? Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Well, it's not a Smoke Jumper show, actually, but you're close. Yeah. We and if you got uh, Paramount Plus, you can watch it on there and stream. Yeah. It is with the one of the creators is the guy who played Norman Bates' brother in this serious series, Bates Motel. Mm hmm. Uh, really good actor. Uh, I vaguely remember the brother in that. So oh, yeah, no, I remember him now. Yeah, I remember him now. Um, basically, what's going on, and, and it's anchored by a couple of good people uh, you would recognize. But uh, it, what it is is this guy is a, and I'm not going to give anything up. It's been out for a few seasons anyway, so who cares? Uh, guy's in a is in a prison for something that happened, but then he got released on a to go do fire detail with the prisoners. Mm-hmm. Everything's cool. It seems okay written. The first two episodes were really clunky. 
Okay. Like, for an example, because he ends up basically going back to his hometown. Come to find out he comes from fire royalty. His whole family's firefighters. Oh, uh, he's legacy, is he? He's legacy, but he's bad legacy, right? But one of the things that really burned me, I mean, the dude's fucking ripped. And there, there's, and then there's this chick that's on the regular, who's kind of want, gets involved. Her dad's a firefighter, actually his captain. And, and, and the only reason I'm explaining is, it's some scene in the first or second episode, he's helping put out this place and she stands all up behind him like he needed help with the hose. And then his dad, who's like, you know, 50 something years old, comes in uh, with no help. You know, it's just real clunky. It's like, really, why did they have to do that? Equity. It just looks horrible, right? Equity. Not even equity. They're just trying to establish a storyline in a very clunky way. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of weird things that just kind of like, Ugh. how did this pass? How did this get up there? But I mean, I'm going to write it off as the first few episodes, you know, pilot plus a couple, you know, until they get their feet under them. But it is getting better. But there is one song that was uh, one of the first episodes, Into the Orange. Nice. So, old boy's getting some play. That's a good song. Actually, I hear it on the radio. On the, or, uh, they've got it on the country station on Muzak right now and it's playing constantly. Nice. Uh, the dude is getting... I remember getting that good. show because we talked about it briefly because we were talking about another show and I said one of my biggest pet peeves is bad CGI fire. <laughs> and then I remember seeing oh the commercial God, for that. And, and I'm like, there's an entire show of bad it's, CGI it's, fire. It's literally a show about fire and the CGI <sighs> fire is... Fucking god awful. You know who has good CGI fire? MacGyver. They used real fire back in the day. No, I will and this may not surprise you. Chicago fire. No, it's fucking horrible too. Um Star Wars, the Mandalorian. What's All worse? That Disney money behind it. What's worse? Fire, the CGI fire on Fire Country, or the blood on the last season of Sun's Anarchy. <laughs> There are certain scenes where they they added CGI and blood, and it was really, as, uh, really bad. They're equally as bad in the same manner. Yeah, that, that the CGI blood on Sons Anarchy was really, really bad. How much would some squibs have cost you? They're dangerous, some Gordon, and they're loud. You got to remember, Sons. This is the same. This is the same. Same. Now, granted, different cast, but same production company. I'm sure same special effects. This is the same people that Kurt Sutter got kicked off of the show after the first season of the new version. I forget the name of it. Saying Mayans. Yeah, Mayans. Because he was creating a hostile work environment and he was too abrasive. Wait, wait, wait a second. It's a show about motorcycle mm-hmm. gangs who are very violent. Mm-hmm. Were Maybe they? he was trying to method act, no, know, help he, his method actors along and making them feel the fear and the tense situations of what's going on. No, they canceled him. They kicked him off. He's gone. <laughs> That's why now it says. I tell you what, that motherfucker, I don't know if he chose the music for um, Sons of Anarchy and that, but fuck. I'm hoping he did because throwing some monster magnets and clutch and stuff, that just hit me. I yeah. Mean, even I think there was even a clutch song on one of the seasons of uh, Walking Dead. Kind of interesting. Yeah, I think so. Um, can we talk about one of the no. biggest no things that could potentially cause loss 
damage or injury in one's life? Well, that's kind of a wide, you got the big brush out. You've got the biggest, widest brush you could buy and you, you swipe the whole side of the building. What are we talking about? Complacency. Oh. With consistency comes complacency and with complacency comes loss, damage, or injury. Let me give an example. I don't know necessarily consistency leads to that. I may argue you on that one. Well, that's what we're here for. Let me give you my yeah. examples. First and foremost, Carrie and I have been fishing in these waters of Florida for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And as the joke says, if your fingers are wet, there's probably alligators around. And we go out and we fish and we get snagged and we just reach our hand down the old water and yank lily pads out. And when we first started, we were nervous, jervous. Always had our head on a swivel looking for alligators. You had rhyme, didn't you? Never see them. Not a big deal. After a while, get used to it. Come complacent. Then you go out to Lakes Park and it's a clear day. And Carrie looks down and sees like a 12-foot alligator sleeping on the ground underneath her kayak. Now I can assure you with two people who spend as much time on water as we do, this is not the first time this has happened. This is just the first time we've seen it. And we're oftentimes putting our hand in water, pulling out snags and putting our hands in the water and bringing bass back to life, etc. And then there's other things like loading up your kayak, driving mm -hmm. down the road a mile and a half, mile, loading up two kayaks, putting six fishing poles back there. Do it all the time. Nothing's going to happen. Then you get yourself a new kayak and you travel down the road a couple of times. Once your seat kind of shook and you checked it out and nothing. And then last week you're driving home, you unload your kayak and there's your fucking seat's gone. Hmm. That's a problem. Okay. You drive the trail back to the boat ramp, only a mile and a half, three times and see no seat. No, it is dark. My seat's black. So I figure one of two well, things. The problem is you didn't have your brother there to find it for you. Figure one of two things happened. Either it's black and it's sitting on the road and someone almost hit it and pulled over and said, hey, this is a nice beach chair. Put it in their car. Or more likely, it's a black, a black chair with a white top. Somebody probably ran it over and drug it down the street for about two miles. Either way, I'm out of seat. Which which kayak? My, uh, my, my new used one, my Vibe Yellowfin 120. Now you say, That's Don, fine. why would you not take the seat off on your Vibe Yellowfin 120? I'm still trying to figure out where his consistency is tying in. Well, because I consistently have hauled kayaks in my truck for the last okay. three years, and all these kayaks have seats set secure securely. And you mm -hmm. do something consistently, and you get complacent about it, and you don't double-check things. And this particular brand kayak, it doesn't secure the seat as secure. It uses rubber bands on a hooking system. Now, did your... Complacency come from consistency, or did your consistency come from complacency? Complacency came from consistently because I had consistently done this same exact procedure with three different brand kayaks: a Levibe, a Von mm -hmm. Hungs, actually two, three different kayaks, two different, uh, two brands, two Lifetimes, and a Von Hungs, which technically had two seats on it, so that could be a four kayaks <laughs> because a total of four different seats over two years, two and a half years, never lost one. So, hey, why didn't you take the seat off? Because this is how I've always done it consistently, mm -hmm. and it's never become an issue. So, so here's the argument I'm going to present. Mm -hmm. Let me work my way through this. Sure. You may have been consistently doing it incorrectly, therefore led to the complacency. Not creating a series of a consistent series of checks and balances, just like you would do a pre-flight on an aircraft. Hey, we got this in. Let me make sure this is checked. Make sure this is secure. Work your way down. And same thing with the alligators. 
mm-hmm. keeping yourself situationally aware. And I get where you're coming from because as an electrician working around live stuff, that, that danger is invisible. Complacency leads to death. Therefore, you actually have to be consistent in your measures of safety and also keeping your head on a swivel and not let complacency run your consistency, which could get you in trouble. Well, it's just like we're on a job site or somewhere and something okay. happens and somebody says, well, I'm answering your question. Okay. Something happens and, well, why'd you do it that way for? That's the way we've always done it. They started out doing it the correct way. As they do it over and over and over again, they slip into the wrong way, but they don't realize it, and they consistently do it the wrong way because they come complacent with the activity they're doing because it's no longer new, and they slip off of their their they slip off their game. That's why retraining is very important. That's why even what happened with me the other week, I caused that problem. Maybe I got complacent, got wrangled in, which I needed. Mm-hmm. That being said. Because it, you do it all the time in the invisible, it's not the consistency, it's more sloppiness, right? It's more just getting used to it. It's more actually the, the complacency leading to consistency of sloppy approaches. And I know it seems a little backwards, but if you kind of look at it that way, it'll reduce uh, reduce some problems. Like I consistently would back my truck in at the gym <laughs> using the camera, knowing that this wall that's along the edge of the property runs at a hard angle inconsistent with the angle of the parking stalls i had already tagged a vehicle before backing in oops years ago and this time i pulled in my tacoma didn't even realize i touched a wall it was that light got out went around the passenger side get my gym bag out and said oh shit i'm up on the wall i better back up Parking block or no? Hold on. Parking block, yes. All the parking blocks, but they're too close to the fucking wall. Well, that was going to be my point. But here's the deal. The angle is such a hard angle versus the parking stall that where I'm touching on the passenger side, there's two feet from my bumper to the wall on the driver's side. And then you and I both know a Tacoma ain't that wide. Therefore, I backed off and you saw the photos. Mm-hmm. That, that was just from a light touch, but this wall isn't like a flat wall. It's as we learned from. It's like the world's worst stucco job, but out of concrete. It's like we learned from Beavis and Butthead thirty years ago. It's the angle of the dangle times the heat of the beat. You should see the amount of how many times all the way down this wall people have fucking touched it. Well, see, that's my thing. It wouldn't be worth it to you because it'd be cheaper to pay the deductible on your insurance to have it painted. But if you were like a lawyer or somebody had a shit ton of money and a lot of time, you could probably find out what the city ordinance is, the distance between a structure and parking blocks. Oh, absolutely. And go after them. But once again, the the lawsuit fees cost more than what it costs to pay. Yeah, but you brought up an interesting point with lawyers. There is a reason companies like Liberty Mutual, and I found this out by talking talking to my boss about the situation in Florida with insurance. He goes, do you know why companies like Liberty Mutual do not uh, carry auto insurance in Vegas? At first, I, my response was, probably the uninsured drivers. He said, no, the personal lawyers, mm-hmm. personal injury lawyers. He says, you know, this house, he told me, you know, this place that's, you can't miss it. It's right off the freeway. It's on my way home from work. It's called Spanish Hill. And there's a bunch of very expensive, extravagant homes. He goes, that's all personal lawyers. 
So that's what's running it. You're doing learners. You're mm-hmm. there's you know, a nation. Yeah, name Lynn Learner. I think he's actually a friend. There's a but uh, you know, it's all this stuff, right? And it's if you, it's, it goes back to not to quote Adam Carolla, but it's true. If you look, watch TV, that's all. That's all that sponsors are. Hell, for Golden Knights, there's two personal lawyer firms. Well, that sponsor the games. And to that point, there's a nationwide guy who pretends to be for the people. He's an ambulance chaser. When Florida was trying to pass tort reform, he was running all these ads because that's that's what his law firm does is personal injury, personal injury. And, and they're trying to put a maximum on how much, you know, lawyers can get for accidents and stuff. Perfect example. My boss has been running an IT firm for quite some time. He lives in a nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Son was driving through the parking lot. Lady bumped into his car, probably about the speed in which you touched the gym. And did less damage than the paint damage you have on your truck. Just a few scratches. When the insurance adjuster came after the hurricane, he was trying to determine if the scratches were due to shingles or from this accident. Lady got the address. Our assumption is, got on the old Google Maps, saw the location of the house, and said these guys are rich, and took them and sued the insurance company for everything that they could possibly get and talking about having to go to a chiropractor and being injured, but ironically, we found reviews of her chiropractor from five years ago where she consistently goes. But anyhow, it's just all these fraudulent stuff. It's it's fucking crazy, and it's, something has to be done about it, but sadly, most... Unfortunately, people will people, right? Well, not only that, but who who corrects issues such as this at the state level? Actually, you need to almost start it down at the uh, city level and county level and work your way up. But Which most be, politicians uh, have a background. Yeah, it's going to be your basic, uh, your basic um, state congress, and and then they're they're fed by lobbyists. Just well, like not that, but most of them got their start, and a lot of them are lawyers. And they most went to of law them school. are lawyers. Yes, like yes. your uh, your DAs and such. And so and then you've got the whole well, do we need more rules thing, especially being a libertarian. I expect people to do the right thing, knowing that they don't do the right thing. I don't want any more laws. But my point is the laws will never get passed because the people who make the laws are the people who came up in that in that job and would oh, 100%. never, yeah, never I, want to I piss off their disagree. friends and colleagues. So, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of pissing off friends and colleagues. I'm good at that. I, so we learned. I really hope this is a troll. I, I'm hoping we see more of these type of trolls. I don't know if this is a troll yet. New York Post, trans runner beats 14,000 women in London Marathon shortly after running the New York City Marathon as a dude. It would not surprise me if it's real. There seems to be a bunch of these guys out there who they want the fucking glory Mm. so goddamn bad and to be first place so goddamn bad that they will put any bit of integrity they have aside and switch genders. Do you think I can make national headlines if I did my next OCR race and identified as a ninety-eight? As I identified as someone born in nineteen twenty-five because I know so much about World War II in the forties. Like I could set records in the ninety-eight, well, ninety-eight-year-old league because you could just say, "Well, it's my truth." Yes, and I could set like world records and OCR times and completions for men over ninety-eight years, old, ninety-four years old. I really hope this shit comes to a fucking end. I think there is getting to be enough pushback. Well, now. there is. A two-time Olympian has ripped rules that allowed transgender runners to beat nearly fourteen thousand women in the female category in the London Marathon. Maria Yamanuchi 
who finished sixth in the marathon at the 2008 Beijing Olympics, lashed out against the trans racer. Um, I really thought it would be a white person, but man, I'm just disappointed now. Uh, Clinique Frank, 54. So let that sink in. Not only was this a dude that beat 14,000 women, this was a, and that's not 14,000 people in that age group. This means this 14, this 54 year old dude beat 14,000 women, ranging probably the age of 17 to 52. Um, lashed out after tra uh, transgendered uh, racer Glenique Frank, 54, gushed to the BBC about using, quote, girl power to run the key UK race on Sunday. Quote, the Olympian said, males in the female category is unfair to females. Absolutely true. Uh, she tweeted, There is a biological difference, and nobody can argue. It's, it's interesting you say that because our next clip. Science. Well, they act. Not emotions, but actual legitimate biological science. Hold that thought because the um, Biden administration accidentally just proved that point. So hold that thought right after this. Uh, quote, males in the female category is unfair. She tweeted alongside a clip of a mid-race interview by the sports bra-wearing runner who also gushed about soon becoming a gran. That's British, what? That's British talk for grandmother. Nearly 14,000 actual females suffered a worse finished position because Frank uh, Yamanuchi said, um, who said Frank. to even, I'm sorry, who said that even when she was Ranked second in the world as a woman in the Olympics, at least 1,300 men ran faster than me. She Hold on just a second. Mm -hmm. This individual is going by the name of Frank? That's, no, that's her last, that's the last name. Oh, okay. She's going by the name of... Frank and Beans? Glenique. G-L-E-N, like her pop. Drop an N, add an I-Q-U-E. Oh, dear God. Uh, what, was, what is the... I hate this phrase, dead name. I don't know. This is not listed because you can't list dead names. The other person, the Olympian, is the um, the Olympian. The Olympian's name is Yamanuchi, I'm guessing because of the Beijing Olympics, and she's actually saying something. She's not American because American athletes with a, with a select few handful are afraid to talk out. Um, she wrote that when she was second place in the – I'm sorry, when she was ranked second in the world as a woman, at least 1,300 men ran faster than her. She noted how the UK athletics applied world athletic rules on the exclusion of transgender women from elite female competitions at the end of March to make it, quote, fair for the athletes who have gone through male puberty to be excluded from the male, categor uh, male categories in ath athletics. As they should be. But there's a catch. However, it also allows those who had already entered the race to still compete in the categories and, the, and that – in the categories that were not their biological right sex. Under the wire. Yep. The male competed under UK's athletics trans, uh, transitional arrangements, but is still wrong for and unfair. Next day, they smash cut. He's had a bowling league fully male. I did see. His mouth. I did see a clip today of the first UFC biological female to beat a transgendered biological male fighting in the women's well not ufc but an mma fight she whooped his ass and it was awesome but to back to gordon's point you know who mayor pete buddha judge is don't you yes he's a proud mayor member pete. of the lgbt he's a, community he's, a, he's, a, he's not a mayor anymore he's now a uh his position he's a secretary of transportation for the biden administration oh yeah but he's openly gay and there's nothing wrong with that 
No, absolutely not. And his job, and rightfully so, and I agree with his new his new request. His job is Does he to like trains. What's that? Does he like trains? Oh, probably. Okay. Um, his job Except is for to, the one in Ohio he blamed on Trump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and racist highways. His job um, is to alleviate, get rid of racist highways. Not and, called pulling the highway. Sorry. And to make the world safer for people. And to do this, you need to advance technology in transportation vehicular subject matter such as crash test dummies. Not the band from the 90s, but the actual dummies. Not the cartoon or the toys from the 90s, but actual state-of-the-art crash test dummies. Transportation like Secretary Pete Buttigieg is asking Congress for 20 million bucks to develop female crash test dummies. So 20 million bucks. What the hell will that be spent on? They say at five feet tall and 110 pounds, the dummies match the size of an average American woman. Yeah, maybe in the 50s. But <laughs> that is way different than a man. I mean, who would have thought? Oh, yeah, normal people. And the plan is already getting support from those in Mayor Pete's party. You also plan to make important investments to uh, address the roadway safety crisis, including the critical funding that would accelerate the development of the use of female uh, dummies in crash testing. This will start to fight the gender inequity among vehicle safety and crash crash test dummies. Gender inequity among vehicle safety and crash victims. It's everywhere, everywhere. But why not just speak English? Because there is a difference. According to this chart from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, males make up a majority of fatalities across every age group. So which way does this gender inequity actually flow? So Mayor Pete and the Dems are actually proving the point that we've been making, and they don't even know it, that men and women are inherently different. There's still significant differences in body mass and muscle weight. Otherwise, why would there need to be female crash test dummies? How stupid are they for not seeing this? Yeah. Science. Did they all go out for ice cream? Science. 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 My uh, firearms instructor this weekend kept referring to him as mashed potato brains. (laughs) He just announced, by the way, he is running for re-election. So, got that going for us. Yeah. Hey, bud. I'm not a ageist, but no, there has nothing to do with his age. Your expiration date. Let's say it has nothing to do with his age. It Only has every... good till. <sighs> has everything to do with his competency level. Can we? Can him and Trump just go the fuck away? Yeah, please. Can we uh, go away ourselves and go back to the mid '80s or childhood? When you, me, Brad, we decided we wanted a Super Nintendo. Not only did oh. we want a Super Nintendo. No, it was a Nintendo Nintendo. No, it was a Super Nintendo. No, it was no the original was a top load. We had the push. The original Nintendo was I a top the, load. I thought, the, okay, now I got to do some research. Google Super Nintendo SNES system. We wanted the SNES system that came complete with the power pad and the gun. Oh, you are so wrong. Okay. Yeah. No, we had the NES. Oh, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes, the original NES. Yes, the one you have to go in the games. I want you to close your eyes and see if this sound brings you back.
It doesn't come over very well. I hear nothing. It's the Duck Hunt soundtrack. Oh, yeah, the Duck Hunt soundtrack. Yeah, I could not even hear it. I couldn't even hear the damn dog. I'm sure that's what was there somewhere. It was there somewhere. You ever wonder how that game worked? You're an no, electrician. I did. I, I did. What was your hypothesis? Um, yeah. As a kid, not as a grown ass adult, but as a kid, what was your hypothesis? I thought it had something to do with light. Correct. And maybe, um, I don't know if it's flashing the light and catching the reflected image, but it had something to do with light. You were just about there. The rest of us dumb people that thought. That was a kid at, you know, 11, 12. The rest of us dumb people thought when you squoze the trigger on the gun that the gun did something. And that's easy to believe, not knowing anything about technology, but fast forward 25 years when you got a Wii and you actually had to put a receiver eye in front of the TV to capture the signal from a controller, mm-hmm. you realize, well, there was no eye on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Correct. So therefore, the gun couldn't be a sending unit. It was a receiving unit. The gun was a receiving unit. Now, when you play... Duck, now, the trigger was a sending unit. No, the trigger activated the receiving unit on the gun. Well, correct. Yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah. How kind of it the same worked. thing, but different, but yes. How <laughs> it worked, and I just... when I, I, I read the story last week, and then when I just recorded the sound effect, I noticed you can tell. When you have it on the old school CRT TVs, you can't see it. But when you go on YouTube, just type in Duck Hunt, You'll actually see what it is, is when you engage the trigger, a white square shows up around the duck. And if the gun is lined up in the duck, it'll pick up the light on the duck. And that's how Damn, you hit that it. That was fucking close. I, that's about as close as you could get bit me. And, and with this refresh rate back in the day, you couldn't see the white square. But when you watch on YouTube, you, you can actually see the white square light up around the duck. So the light was coming from the duck to the gun. And the light wasn't activated until right before you pulled the trigger. And so if you pulled the trigger and you weren't aiming right at the white spot, you missed. Makes sense. Yeah. So that is how that fantastic technology worked back in the day. Were you surprised I kind of guessed it? Yeah. No, I'm not surprised you guessed it. I was. I always thought, you know, Aww, well, the guns. Are you giving me credit for having some kind of smarts? Yeah. You're an electrician. It happens from time to time. It wasn't then. Although I did take a lot of shit apart. Didn't we all? I used to be smart. Yeah. We want to take a quick break to thank each and every one of you for your continued support of all the podcasts here at Digital 410 Media. And right now, if you're an OG5 member, you have to do nothing because you're already enrolled. You're already enlisted. Your name is already in the proverbial helmet, sir. But if you're not and you want to support the channel, what we do, um, sign up. Go to whatsinyourhead.com or d-410.com. Click on the Patreon link. Sign up and subscribe. It's only a dollar a month. You can choose the other two plans if you really like the show. And you want to do it before next week, because next week we're doing the first of two drawings for the first month of the Patreon prize pick. And this month includes a coffee pack from our fine friends over at Warbird Coffee. You'll get this coffee pack. You'll get a coffee mug from one of our podcasts. You'll get stickers from all the podcasts, What's in Your Head, the What's the Scuttlebutt, and the Fail to Fail podcast, and a few other trinkets. We actually have two bags of coffee from the fine people over at Warbird Coffee. One of them is the P47 Thunderbolt coffee with a horsepower of six, which is what you need when you're staying up late driving down the road on the white line fever, maybe cramming for an exam. I know fishing. nothing about that. Or if you're a normal person and just want to get about your day, 
Perhaps the um, P51D Mustang is more your speed with the horsepower of two. How this is going to work, the first winner will actually get to choose which one of the coffees they get. And then the second drawing of the month, we'll get the other coffee. Both of them are fine coffees. Who knows? Maybe you don't want to be floored to the back of your seat while pulling G's on a max horsepower coffee. Just want to say thanks to the fine people at Warbird Coffee for providing this month's prize pick. We're going to try to do this on Patreon every month as our way to thank each and every one of you. And so uh, we'll have some what's – actually, the what's in your head theme might be easier because we talk about generalized stuff. We can just throw any old thing in there, you know, whereas uh, what's the scuttlebutt? we got to do World War II-based th- II stuff. I and, got a lot of casking stuff I'm giving away. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so uh, perhaps we might give away a fishing reel. Who knows? Um, so head over to d-410.com, what's in your head.com, whatever, what's the scuttlebutt, fail to fail, and sign up and subscribe to Patreon. you got about four or five days left before the first – pick and then we're going to do one at the end of the month and then the following month we'll do something once again Ooh. and while you're there please make sure you head over to youtube.com look for d digital 410 or d410 media and like and subscribe and you can watch all of our shows when they stream plus all of our other content including the half ash reviews half ass which back to my previous conversation about the seat i got i had to go home and order a new seat I bet that was about 150 bucks. Damn, damn near right on the nose. I yeah, did take I the lifetime seat good. off a of little Steve, but it's a little too short. And I had to kind of squish it, and I didn't want to permanently damage the the rut it sits in. Or you could just take little Steve out until you get a new seat. I got the new seat in. I got the Hero oh, okay. 2 because they don't sell the Hero 1. Oh, shit. You got an upgrade. Well, the, the major up, the major upgrade, hopefully, is comfort, um, which is going to be what I'm leaning to. But the other thing is, on the Hero 1, they had a flat bar straight across the front, which made it... You, there's storage space under the seat, because the seat sits up pretty high mm-hmm. off the bottom. But that bar right. made it hard to reach under there. So on the Hero 2, the bar goes up and then back down, thus opening the area and allowing you to put a tray in there. And it's supposed to be a comfort seat. Uh, this inadvertent fiasco is going to turn into a half-ass review on the comforts of seats and the importance of comfortable seats on kayaks. And we're going to contrast and compare between the Lifetime Teton, the Vibe Yellowfin 120, and Carrie's new Hobie Outback. Look at Don taking lemons and turning them into lemons. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, well, what's crazy is Carrie's, only <laughs> Carrie's Hobie Kayak is the most expensive one in our fleet primarily because we didn't have to buy gutters, and so we used that found money for a kayak, and she wanted a pedal yeah. kayak, and she got a pedal kayak. Ah, sweet. But the seat on that thing is not comfortable. We actually went out on the stereo outfit. How does she like the pedaling of it? We'll get that in a second. Um, it's fast, and it's quiet. She loves it. Um, it's leaving you in the wake. It's the new, it's this one, not the spinny wheel. It's We'll talk about it here in a minute, but we went up to... Um, a stair outfitters where Mike got his boat and before we bought you can do a try before you buy you can rent pay the normal daily rental rate and then if you like the boat and you buy a, a new version of that boat they take the rental rate off the price of the boat so you're basically testing out for free and if you decide not to buy the boat they just you know they keep the bucks and so when she was riding like this seat's kind of uncomfortable but maybe it's just me or maybe the seat's worn out from all the people rent this damn thing she liked it um she liked the one that was bigger but it was out of a price range um, in all honesty, the we're gonna before we do a video. Obviously, we want to test things out for, further, but it's the same length as a ten footer. She, I tried to get her to go with the twelve. She didn't want to have to lift it in case she tries to go out by herself. Twelve has more room for all the shit we take. 
but basically, in this particular model, all the money's in the pedal drive. You take a shit? Yeah, take a shit. Okay. And so all the money's pri- primarily on the pedal drive. But anyhow, we're going to compa- try to compare the seat from the Lifetime Teton 100, the Von Hunks, which we no longer have, the Vibe Hero seat that I lost, the Hobie Outback seat, and the new Vibe Hero 2 that I have yet to sit my ass on. But as of right now, before sitting on my new seat, the irony is, is the cheapest kayak has the best seat out of all of them that I've tried so far, with the exception of my new one, which I haven't sat on yet. There you go. And it's like, why? How? Huh? It just it doesn't make sense. Well, it's kind of like mountain bikes, if you think about it. You can take a cheap mountain bike and make it great by putting great components on it. Mm-hmm. You can buy a decent mountain bike. It may not be so good because the components aren't that great. The only difference is a mountain bike has a lot of components. Oh, fuck yeah, they do. <laughs> Kayak is basically foreign plastic with a seat and maybe some fucking holes for fishing poles and dry storage. That's all there is. I mean, the seat is... Plus it's got a pedal drive. I mean, uh, well, yeah, but... The seat is still one of the major components of a kayak. I mean, it's if you if you you have a boat, a seat, and a paddle. I mean, that's pretty much it at the basic level. Yeah, well, we gotta we gotta hit this price point. We ain't gonna sell any, so we're gonna have to cheap out on the seat. And I think it has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas lifetimes, like, hey, this thing retails for four ninety nine. We got thirty eight. You know, we got. And we don't only make molded plastic kayaks. We make molded plastic tables. We Mailboxes. Sheds. So they can, through their, their and let's, called economy of scale, they can make a cheaper kayak and put a nicer seat. And let's be honest. Between Kentucky Ballistics and Demolition Ranch, they're selling plenty of fucking tables. And all the kids at trade shows. When uh, my work did the... Um, Guess we, what I got that I take to the desert for the range? Uh, a lifetime. I got one out too. When we, my company sponsored a um, kids, kind of like a kids shark tank where kids had invention ideas or products. It's a, it's a young entrepreneur event. <laughs> it's the guppy tank. All these kids came and set up their booths and every one of them had lifetime tables. I'm like, this place should have been, this event should definitely have been sponsored by lifetime. But yeah, but it's interesting. So we're, we're going down the Estero River and it's really grown in. There's a certain areas like, you can barely get through, but it's a kayak rail. And I see the river, it rode in. I see this pontoon boat coming, like the third one I've seen. I'm like, how these things barely barely fit through here with the way the trees have to be trimmed. Are they like the size of the one we had growing up? Yeah, I mean, full decent sized pontoon boats on a river where the mangrove trees, you know, somebody has to go through with a chainsaw, you can't get through there. Mm-hmm. And and usually they just pearl on by and we just deal with the waves. There are no wake, but this guy's purling by, and he cuts his engine off. He starts floating by me. I was like, thanks for cutting off the engine. He said, yeah, I just sent you a message. You what? Huh? Yeah, I'm the guy who took Dave and Stan out fishing. Not quite sure how, but he saw my truck in the parking lot. But there's not a public boat ramp there, but there was an Earth Day hippie farmer's market. So I don't know if he went to the farmer's market, saw my truck in the parking lot, and then went home, got on his boat, and came out and looked for me. But he basically gave me a shout out, said he saw my truck, sent me a message on Facebook, and that that was the guy who took Dan and uh, Stan and Dave out going fishing one that one time where basically Stan had to pay the whole freight. <laughs> but uh, it was, and then you've still got the still missing Dave Waterman. Yeah, and so that that was kind of a nice little heads up. But um, so we didn't catch anything on the Astera River, nothing. We we're out there for hours. So we Did you even catch a buzz. No, I didn't take any beer with me. But we did. Actually, I did take a beer with me. Didn't catch a buzz. 
we did end up buying the kayak, came straight home, and went out fishing on our water where I proceeded to catch three or four nice bass, which, by the way, I just premiered the video on YouTube today. The most, every single fish in this video, and there's probably about eight or nine of them, are between two and three pounds. And every nice. one of them, with the exception of two, were caught on top water on my new Cast King Cliff Crochet Spiral Reel, Spiral Rod. Crochet? Cro he, he's from Louisiana. So, yeah. Okay. Spiral rod. Now, even if you've only been fishing 12 times, you know that when you look at a fishing pole, all the eyes just go up the rod in a vertical line. Yep. This one spirals around, huh? This one actually spirals around and almost as if you're putting a spiral on a football. And this fucker does cast. No, no, we're going to build in a little English on this thing. Was it actually cast well? Yes. Yeah, especially with a Guggen revolver on it. I mean, if you watch my video, I'm casting fucking far i'd be phew. seems like you had the, the the line could easily hang up on the rod they have special eyes on it that kind of are offset a little bit to try to to make uh, sure they line up there's marketing specialized well device. and that's the thing this cliff crochet guy apparently has some weird ideas and i think he may have came up with the idea for the pole i saw another video where they're premiering his <laughs> his reel mm -hmm. he's coming out with a dragless reel now, for those who don't know, the drag is a clutch system that you can loosen depending on what type of bait so that if you get a big fish, you want to loosen it so they can run off with the line instead of ripping their lip. Well, I guess he does a lot of topwater frog fishing, and he basically, he's, they're calling it a dragless reel, but I think it's going to have a set reel tension on it. And so instead of having to deal with your drag, it's just you just cash and reel it in, and if something hits it, it's, but they're calling it a dragless reel. So I think, I think this guy has, he's a professional fisherman, that's why he's with them, but I think he's had some fishing equipment ideas, and he's like, "Hey, let's let's do this stuff and see I've if we can drink a lot of beer behind a rod, and I got some thoughts." Well, I, I'm I'm and definitely if they work, by it. they fucking work because that's the way some of the best inventions go. Absolutely. I'm looking at my notes here. Complacency duck hut. We haven't done one of these. We tried to do one last week, but uh, my um. My system foobar at the beginning of the show did not allow for me to take the time to uh, do it. So, what can I help you with, Gene? I'm not content. I get angry. That's the sort of thing you help people with, right? Yes. My whole life, I have been trying to figure myself out so I can help other people understand themselves so they can have good relationships. And here I am. Time to get back into therapy. I want you. I want the expert. I'm not normal. I need to get better. Anyone who has come this far, who has made the choice, to come to therapy and keep hammering away at the hard things, they can be helped. But I have got bigger problems. I have a compulsion to kill people. So should I tell you more about my life? Successful therapy requires a safe environment. 
without anything like fear hanging over every session. FX is the patient. You don't mind eating while we talk, do you? Currently streaming on Hulu, if you recognize one of those voices, that's uh, Steve Carell from The Office. Mm-hmm. Plays a psychiatrist to a patient, and it's no giveaway because it's in the it's in the trailer. When you watch it visually, he wakes up chained in a basement of his patient because his patient, as you heard him reveal, is. Well, he likes to kill people, but he wants to better himself. And, well, seeing his therapist once a week just isn't doing it. So now he's got an in-house therapist, and things go awry. Very good show. It's only like seven, eight episodes. I uh, don't know if there's going to be a season two. Very well done. Um, taking him out of the character of com- comedy, whether it's 40-Year-Old Virgin or The Office or... Was it uh, Evan O'Mighty, where he plays all these comedic roles and put him in this serious role? You can really tell he has some really, really good acting chops, and it's a fantastic series. And that is streaming on Hulu. And uh, if you are a Hulu subscriber and you're looking for shows to watch, definitely add The Patient to your list of shows to enjoy by yourself or with your family. Yep. So, what do you got going on, fella? What have you all been up to? Other than smashing your vehicle into buildings, CCW training, smashing my vehicle into walls, um, trying to get my oh, here you go. So, you know how we had the uh, patio cover put on, right? What's Irish and stays out all night? Patio cover, patio furniture. <laughs> uh, ha, ha, ha. Anyhow, that's right. Now I remember. <laughs> well, so part of the yard has artificial turf. They have mm-hmm. to pull it back. They had to put in the footers. They came back out to because the fucking, finalization. Because hot tubs are heavy. Well, mine's not a standard hot tub. It's actually in a deck. And then it sits, it's semi in ground. Gotcha. So it has nothing to do with the hot tub. It has more to do with the, uh, the grass was actually put in after the hot tub. But it has to do with the patio covers. And, uh, you know, their job was to pull the grass back, make sure the seams were not bad. Make sure you can't even tell there's footers under it. And uh, the guy came out, and after I sent them pictures of what everything looked like, so they knew, you know, showed that the one footer was several inches lower than the the grade, and the other footer was higher than the Oops. grass. Oops. Uh, they came out with nothing. They went to look at it. There's concrete all over the, the turf where they pulled it back. Oh. Half of it stuck in. You had one job. Well, Don't get concrete on the AstroTurf. It's okay because they are replacing the AstroTurf. Are you going to ask them to put in a hole so you can turn it to putt-putt? No. <laughs> Boy, that's that a, was that's an option a... when I first got to put it. Now, what sucks is it's not the same brand, so it's not going to quite match, which didn't match anyway. The benefit is we're going to get rid of the patio stones we had cut into the turf before that ends up cracking. It looks like crap. So... Plus and minus, I didn't ask him about the warranty because I had a 20-year warranty, which I was 16 years in. The new stuff has a 16-year warranty. I'm pretty much going to hold their feet to the fire on that. And uh, it will be hopefully done by Monday of this coming week so we can 
get our yard, and then I've got to order some outdoor curtains and no. hooks to go around the patio cover for to keep wind out and have privacy. When you say patio cover for the people listening at home, it's literally a patio cover. It's literally, literally like what you would a have horizontal canvas that stretched out, kind of like you see over playgrounds or no, like a Luma wood. It's a patio cover. It is. I used to have that. That shit don't work in the wind out here. Uh, and to do that right, I'd have to have everything reinforced structurally. So I went with a legitimate. If you were to build a patio. Uh, and add it onto your house, patio cover. Like a carport. Basically, yes. <laughs> okay. That's what was, Harry's stepdad had on his house that prior to Ian, but it got ripped off. <laughs> yeah, and this is insulated to help keep some of the... Nice. Part of it is I want to keep some of the heat off of the hot tub in the mm -hmm. summer and the sun. Um, Speaking of heat, ever since they put in the roof vents... Um, feeling my, good in there? My house seems to cool down a lot quicker at night. That's good. So that's definitely a good thing. Speaking of trucks um, and your damage and your potential of having to maybe file an insurance claim. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the club. Um, Carrie's car has been at the shop since the first of this month. And I got a text back saying it's not going to be done until the 23rd of this coming month. Mm -hmm. And then I reply back, can you give me a loose ETA on when it's going to be done? Because we only had a rental car for that car for 30 days. We're a two-car family. Oh, and by the way, you're getting my truck on Monday. Um, so you're going to have two of my cars in your shop. And I'm getting a, another rental car, which, by the way, I told Enterprise I need a truck. wouldn't tell them why, but I told them I needed a truck. And... Uh, so I got a oh, truck because yeah. I wasn't going to go two months without fucking kayak fishing. You goddamn crazy. But. We'll go through the DTs. And so I get this weird text. Let's see if you can help me decipher this weird By text. By the way, I just sent you a picture of what I was talking about. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. I uh, got this weird text two days ago. Makes no sense to me. <clears throat> From the fine people at Progressive Auto Insurance Company. Says. I just spoke with so-and-so at the shop. He stated your vehicle is in the repair process. Now, what they you guys don't know is my auto body, body shop had the car for two weeks waiting for Progressive to approve additional repairs. So two weeks out of the 30-day car rental got sucked up in my car sitting idle. No pun intended. Just spoke with so-and-so at the repair shop. He stated your vehicle is being in the repair process. The expected completion date for your repair is 531. Now, this is before they told me that it's going to try to get done on the 13th. Now, here's where it gets confusing. Your rental has been extended, and your rental coverage will reach its policy limit and due back by five seconds. Uh-huh. I dropped my car off on the 1st. My, basically, rental policy is 30 days. Yeah. So you extended it by, what, 24 fucking hours? They're saying it has been extended, and now my car is due back on the 2nd. But I picked it up on the 3rd, actually, so it hasn't even been 30 days. So I'm not sure exactly what they extended. Did they say the 2nd of what month? Yeah, 5, 5-2. Five, Today's 426. That means, what, Tuesday. We will continue to monitor your repair and keep you updated. Please call us at 1-800-WE-REALLY-DON'T-GIVE-A-SHIT if you have questions. And so, good news is, Carrie works literally one street, one canal for me. 
And she usually gets leaves about 30 minutes before I do. Push comes to shove. I can just drive her to work and walk one street and one canal over and start my day a little earlier. The problem is she gets off at 2.30. I get off at 4.30. Uh-oh. Well, gives me two options, really. She can waste an inordinate amount of gas driving her back home and picking me up. She can hang out on that side of town for two hours. Or I can see how far it is and maybe run home. <laughs> I've been wanting to do more long-distance running. It might be six to seven miles, so maybe I can just run a 10K every fucking day. <laughs> but, yeah, that's where I'm at. It's like, and the whole reason we staggered our cars 30 days was so that we wouldn't be in this jam. But, yeah, you probably should have gone 60. Yes, but... Keep in mind, we dropped our truck cars off 30 days ago, which was what? April, March, April, March. And they've been damaged and rusting. You know, we got paint damage down to the metal and they've been exposed to the weather since last September. It's like, I don't want to expose my bare metal to, you know, I've already waited long enough, I guess is what I'm getting to. And if I would ask them to hold off, it could be another three, four months before they can get to it because they're just so damn busy down here. Oh yeah. And so yeah, I mean, I was we were still amazed with how how much cleanup is still in progress down there, and not even the building out, you know, especially Fort Myers Beach as we went to see together for the first time, uh, and and even Sanibel Island. I don't know if you've been, which is funny. I've not received any of my toll stuff yet. Um, but uh, it'll catch up probably eight months from now. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but uh. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what the toll cost me going through Dallas. So, because I took the Express Express and they got hung up behind that fucking goddamn concrete truck of sixty-five, where this lane was seventy-five, where everybody else was seventy. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho, it was probably still safer. Yeah, <sighs> but now every day there's a little, there's a few less blue tarps throughout the the city, but there's still a damn plethora of them. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, if you're anti-Fox News or anti-CNN, last week was a good week for you, regardless of what side you're on, because not only did Tucker Carlson get fired from Fox News, but Don Lemon got fired from CNN all in the same you day. You think it had to do anything with the Dominion thing and them cutting a 700 and something billion dollar fucking check? That was the original thing, but uh, now that he got fired and all the people who hate him are coming out, this is the original story, Dateline, CBS News. I did News. hear a rumor that he was offered a job at Russian State TV. That's definitely a rumor. Um, yeah, so here's funny. the day he got fired. This was the story from CBS, which couldn't be happier because Tucker Carlson and in Gutfeld have the highest ratings in nighttime TV, let alone news. Dateline Washington, Fox News Media, and Tucker Carlson have decided to part ways. The network announced in a statement on Monday, the systematic shakeup of the cable news work, I'm sorry, world gives Carlson status as a network's most watched anchor. Carlson's final broadcast of the Tucker Carlson Tonight Show was last Friday. The show Fox News Tonight is set to air as an interim show led by a rotating host until a successor in the 8 p.m. time slot is named said Fox. Fox News media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways, said Fox. We thank him for his service in the network and the host of prior uh, to, I'm sorry, host and prior to the, as a Fox News contributor. Um, we'll skip all the, the history about that. Okay, news of Carlson's departure in Fox News comes days after the network reached a 787.5 million settlement with the million voting systems. 
The voting technology company filed a lawsuit against the cable news giant in March of 2021, accusing of it knowingly airing false statements and claiming Dominion helped rig the 2020 presidential election against former President Donald Trump. The company specified 20... The company specified 20 broadcasts that it said were defamatory, including the January 26, 2021 episode of Carlson Show featuring, to quote, my pillow founder, Mike Lindell, who everybody also hates. Dominion and Fox News reached a settlement agreement just before the lawyers of the two sides were set to deliver opening statements in the Delaware State Supreme Court. So that is the official scuttlebutt. I think you're going to see more commercials on Fox now. The news that came out today was during that proceeding, for whatever reason, the defense got the judge to allow them to release, and you figure Tucker would have been smarter than this, but release text messages from Tucker Carlson's company phone. And apparently he referred to one of the Fox News female brass and a female lawyer as what has been affectionately referred to as the C word. And we know how Next Tuesday. We know how powerful women love to be called the C word. So I'm sure But yet in Britain it's just a common phrase. I'm sure the seven hundred and seventy six million dollar lawsuit had something to do with it, but maybe the the straw that broke the proverbial C words back was the, the fact the, the women the women's word version of the N N word. Yeah, and there was a bunch of other stuff that he was said in te- private text messages that were brought to light. I still can't believe that people. I would assume. I would assume it was a Fox a News phone. phone. I would assume it's a Fox News phone because they wouldn't be able to pull his text messages from a private phone over a, over this, would they? This isn't like a. Kidnapping case or extortion case. This is. They may have been able to get a warrant. I have. Either way, it was through his cell phone. Whether it was a company phone or not, I don't know. That just goes to show you. Maybe if you say shit on TV or the internet, that maybe you should probably. uh, Maybe we all just need to get typewriters again. (laughs) Go back to handwritten letters. All we'd have to do is sign it, write it in cursive. Because most of the people in law enforcement are in their 30s now and most of them can't read cursive. So should I start sending all my messages handwritten on my tablet, my, my phone? Start writing them up? Write them in cursive? Write them in cursive. You know, because stop teaching cursive because then you people can't read the rights you're taking away, right? And then AI will come by and it'll just figure it all out anyway. Oh, speaking of AI, I meant to record it. There, I, I was watching a TV show today and they were airing the Biden campaign commercial where he's narrating it. And part of me, the Seneca me says, it's AI doing it. It's got to be deep fake. It's AI because he's not a single stutter, stammer, nothing. Not a slur, nothing. It doesn't sound, it sounds like him from 10 years ago. Kind of like the Joe Rogan podcast that he never did. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a video. It's going to be a deep fake. We don't know. I don't know who the fuck would deep fake us, but you know. There was a video going around where allegedly Bill Gates is being interviewed, and you could so tell it was fake. Just his answers he was given has nothing in the context of the questions being. It was just, you could, and, and there's another one, I think, where it was either Trump or somebody else. They're zooming in on him, and then right when he said the defamatory thing, the camera zoomed out real far where you can't see his mouth syncing up with the way. So, I mean, there's so many bad ones out there, but it's. It's definitely getting more and more prominent these days. It's going to get to a point where it's going to be damn near impossible to tell. Mm-hmm. I saw, I saw a post today. Said, "What would you do if the internet went out for like a week?" I'd be out of work, but other than that, I'd be all right. I'd be all right. 
take a vacation. It would be kind of a nice social experiment, like if somehow we could shut down the internet with the exception of financial systems and work-based networks, like just all the entertainment shit, just knock it offline for a week. Uh, one Saturday or Sunday yeah. a month. Yep. Or a holiday, a um, digital-free holiday once a week. One, I'm sorry, one week a year. You one know. week a year. Call it reconnection. Reconnection week. So, um, disconnect and reconnect. I'm gonna be vague about this. Disconnect from the web and reconnect with your family. I'm gonna be vague about this, but there's three different people in my life, whether directly or by proxy, that are having medical conditions. So, um, or worse. So, uh, thoughts and prayers for all those you in the hospital or, or other places. Um, your thoughts are with us, and uh, you know, I'm sure all over the world people are having similar issues, and so I just want to throw that out there. You tell you what, I am not minding so much the uh, cutting the cord. It took me a little while to get used to not being able to watch Motor Trend whenever I wanted to. Um, and here's a conspiracy. I cut the cord to pick up a different one. Here's a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Whenever we have a podcast that has music or something that's longer than 30 seconds, who knows, I might even get dinged for playing the gut fill clip tonight as copyright and this episode may lose monetization. We'll find out later. Although I think it would be under the fair use policy when we're talking about what's going on. So, Well, there's been we have a couple other videos that we've lost monetization on. But um, one of the things that I had to give up when I cut the cord was Fox News, which is not that I watch every night. I watch The Five because Greg Gutfeld was on it, and I watch Gutfeld at night. I, I like his monologue the first hour, and then I usually turn it off. And so it took me a while to get used to that, but I found there are channels on YouTube who stream the full version. Now, the Fox News channel plays clips, but there's just these random random clips, um, random pages. I'm like, well, first and foremost, why would you take the time, energy, and effort to record these shows and stream them if you can't be monetized because it's someone else's intellectual property? And furthermore, it's just a hobby. And furthermore, why would YouTube allow someone else to play an entirety someone else's copyrighted intellectual property? They don't let you play full-length movies in HD. You might well, find did they? Did they in the description? Did they give credit to and then link the? Um, the no, it just says Tucker box. Carlson tonight. The date, full episode. Mm-hmm. Here's a conspiracy silver tinfoil hat part. The more inflammatory it is, the better. No. Let's say you work at Google and YouTube. You're not a big fan of Fox News. Mm-hmm. Let them bury themselves. No. If someone else is airing the show mm-hmm. and it's copyrighted and they can't be monetized, that means we don't actually have to pay for that content that we don't like to be on our channel. We'll let them go ahead and play it, but because it's not theirs, we don't have to pay them for monetization and views. And they're still getting commercial revenue off of it anyway. Exactly. Because otherwise, why wouldn't they just shut that shit down? Suspend the account. Yep, free money, and we don't have to pay the the people who actually generate it that we don't like. Wild hypocrisy all the way around. Talks bullshit walks. Hypocrisy? Speaking of hypocrisy, I think we have one of these we haven't done in a while either. Hmm. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. I'm still brand new to Congress. I've only been there 100 days. And I don't know if I'm not supposed to say this out loud, but... It's true and important, and if you don't know this, you need to. It's really clear from working there for just a few months that most of the really angry voices in Congress are totally faking it. These people who have built their brands around being perpetually outraged, it's an act. I've seen a bunch of examples. Here's one. 
I've been in committee meetings that are open to the press and committee meetings that are closed. The same people who act like maniacs during the open meetings are suddenly calm and rational during the closed ones. Why? Because there aren't any cameras in the closed meetings, so their incentives are different. What I've seen is that members of Congress are surrounded by negative incentives. There are rewards for bad behavior. You know what the big one is? Being able to reach you. The big thing that modern media and modern politicians have learned is that if they can keep you angry, they'll hold your attention. And they both want your attention. So if you're a politician and you show certain media outlets that you can help them keep their audience angry, they'll give you their audience. And because so many politicians are willing to play that game, now they're in competition with each other to see how fake angry they can be. So that's real bad. But here's something good. What I love about this, about communicating with you directly, is that the incentives are different. They can be positive. They can be about speaking to you with respect and real information and in a normal tone of voice. Because if I can talk to you directly, I don't have to yell. And if you don't have to yell to be heard, the whole conversation changes. So going forward, when you hear some enraged member of Congress say something absurd, your first question shouldn't be, how can they possibly believe that? It should be, do we think they actually do? Because they probably don't. That's Representative Jeff Jackson of North Carolina. You know what the interesting thing about that clip is? Because I didn't tell you what side of the aisle he sits on. Regardless of what aisle side of the aisle you sit on, when he's explaining those type of people in Congress, you probably have someone in your head. And ironically, it applies to both sides of the aisle. If yes, you're, it does. I'm thinking AOC, the the squad, Nancy Pelosi. Um, what's her What's her dick? Who uh, was trying to get uh, p- people to, to riot during the Trump administration? Um, the one Ted Cruz, and then if and then if you're on the left, you're thinking of that Angel, what is Angel mm. Tyler Green or whatever the fuck her name is, yep. and some of the other Republicans. Well, this guy is actually a Democrat, and so I saw a clip where he played a clip where Newsmax, like the 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 Hulu, Roku, the streaming news conservative news station, is going after him, talking him, calling him a nobody, and. Because they one they took two offense one he's a Democrat two they're assuming he's talking about Republicans and they're talking about the media, and so they're just up in arms. But I completely wholeheartedly agree with what he's saying because it applies to both sides. You believe Newsmax? We had that on Dish. Yeah. I don't have it on Hulu. Um, it's not on Hulu. It's on Roku. It's on uh, I think it's on Roku. It's on Pluto, and it's on another one. It's on one where you have the live new mm-hmm. live news. Uh, you have Newsmax and a couple other ones. O- OAN. It could have been OAN as well. One of those. I just want a station called Just the Facts, ma'am. Yeah. Well, Call that's what Sergeant Friday, the Sergeant Friday Network. Well, that's what MSNBC claimed that they were going to be doing. I think it was MSNBC. Who? Where did um? Oh, yes. Shepard Smith go to CNBC? Yeah, CNBC. Shepard Smith moved over there, and that was supposed to be his rebuilding their network and just getting away from you know, partisan politics and getting back to old school news. I think that's where he went to, which we don't know because, uh, you know, that, that channel is still suffering. Shepard Smith. Where is he at now? I wonder uh, what, uh, I'm sure, um, maybe he'll team up with Ben Shapiro, uh, Tucker. Head over to, that? um, oh, Daily Wire. Yeah. If they can pay him enough. Well, he's kind of at the point now. He probably doesn't need the money. He's probably all about the message now. He could go to Prager U. 
But somebody, I heard of somebody joke that he'll be uh, Donald Trump's running mate. He lives somewhere south of Naples. Yeah, he's a he's a Florida boy. He has his compound somewhere down there. But uh, you ready Did for the? Is he news? like a deadhead? I don't know. Um, I've heard he was, which is kind of weird. But I heard. Maybe, well, he, maybe it's all an act. Well, you know, he's he's uh, Swanson money. Ah. He's from the Swanson family. I think Swanson is a Swanson family. Because he used to be on Bubba the Lust Bunch all the time, and Bubba would always bust his balls. I think it's Swanson. Tucker Smith Swanson. Oh, yeah. His name's Smith. Smith Swanson. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> yeah, I think I th- it's one of those. I think it's the Swanson um, food company. It's one of those. Don't. Anyhow, he comes from, He's he's a rich kid. Because uh, he always talk about when he's on Bubba, he always talk about how he likes to smoke Marlboro Reds and dip. But that's before he had a full-time show on Netflix. But anyhow, not Netflix, Fox News. Interesting thing about him when he was on Adam Carolla, he said he lives he lives in a house, uh, like on a private compound. He Basically, him and his wife live in the basically the, the pool house off, off of the main house. And he records a show on site or somewhere nearby, a few blocks away, but he doesn't have a TV. So, like, he... Gets on he the is inter- a bit of a hippie. He just that's yeah. He gets on the internet. That. He research. Well, it's it's crazy the fact that he's on news every night, but he d- doesn't own a TV, and so he so he'd go online and get his information, formulate his mm-hmm. theories and hypothesis and his monologues, and then go record somewhere and ride his bike home. I think he either recorded in a building off his house, or like a block or two away somewhere. But he said he got his um, idea after seeing Adam Carolla's warehouse. That hey, I don't have to work for a company i can do this on my own so yeah, yeah maybe that's what he'll do maybe they, i don't know how, i don't know if him and glenn becker friends maybe go work for the blaze i don't know there's plenty of places to go maybe he just start his own own jazz that's what i'm thinking you ready for the news let's do it and now from the las vegas nevada news desk gordon abernathy gordon how you doing tonight it's been a while since we've done that yeah so uh better than this uber driver out of st petersburg florida Florida man is charged with murder and other offenses in the slaying and dismemberment of an Uber Eats driver who had brought food to the assailant's house. You you missed a perfect game. You could have did St. Petersburg, Florida or St. Petersburg, Russia with this story. (laughs) Oscar Solis Jr., 30 years old, is charged with killing a driver during a delivery Wednesday at a home in Holiday, Florida. So it wasn't St. Pete. I'm sorry. Pasco County Sheriff's Chris Noko said in a news conference the remains were found at the house in a trash in trash bags, plural, and a cooler, which also contained a receipt with Solis's name on it. Yeti or igloo? That don't sound like a Yeti owner to me. I'm thinking it may be just a, a generic igloo. Or it, could it was a horrific crime of passion, Noko told reporters. It was domestic. It was demonic. He was demonic. And if you ever see a picture of this guy, uh, he's got hire me written all over his face. It's full of tattoos. Um, Zola's face is charged with murder while engaged in a robbery, failure to register as a convicted felon. Oh, there you go. For a parole violation, jail rec- according to jail records. Solis was released from an Indiana prison back in January after serving four years for an assault and burglary conviction, conviction according to Noko. He moved to Florida, a Florida home. Why? Because it's either there or Vegas, to or or Alaska. He moved to a Florida home 
about three months ago, the case comes amid several recent random shootings of people around the United States who approached strangers' homes, including a couple in Davie, Florida, whose car was fired at when they were making an Instacart delivery but turned into the wrong driveway. You know, people, gun owners, fellow gun owners, don't just go off all fucking random and willy-nilly. You don't help the goddamn cause. Uh, even though it's a big no-no and I would have lost my driving permit for Uber, but I carried my gun when I was driving Uber. You got me fucked up. You think I'll have people in my car without carrying my goddamn gun? Yeah. Uh, jail records did not list any attorney who could speak on Solis's behalf. A jail mug shot shows Solis's face is covered with tattoos. Noko said he is affiliated with an Indiana in Indiana with a violent MS-13 gang. Yep. In Florida, the six foot four, three hundred and fifteen pounds, worked big security, boy. Uh, worked in security at a strip club, according to the affidavit. I was going to say strip club. <laughs> the only place you can do security. Uh, evidence collected in the case included blood found in various places around the home, and a key file belonging to the victim was found on Solis's dresser on top of his wallet. The affidavit also said the victim's car was found abandoned a short distance away, and inside the trash were bags containing blood-soaked rags and, and towels. What the fuck is wrong? Dash of a bag like the one the victim carried in an employment time card with Solis's name on it. Uh, the investigators are also obtained surveillance video from the house showing from the house showing the victim making food delivery and later two Hispanic man men carrying heavy trash bags outside. The other man who worked as a driver for Solis. Has not been charged. Jesus Christ. The victim had been reported missing by his wife after he never came home from his Uber Eats deliveries. Uber told investigators that the victim's last reported location was at Solis's home. Pasco County is located just north of Tampa, Florida, in Hill Country on the Gulf Coast. Remember the quaint days when we thought if we had cameras everywhere, people wouldn't commit crimes? Now we got cameras and GPS in people's pockets, and you still call them victims to your house to kill them. Uh, real quick, we haven't done one in a while, and I just it popped in my head, so we don't have any production behind it. Sixty days in update, Bolton County Jail. What's the reason that these prisons go on TV, Gordon? According to the okay. sheriff, to fix their problems, a to cynic, find their inadequacies and correct them. A cynic such as myself might say, "Well, you go in there to get the free security system upgrade with the cameras and shit that they leave behind." They actually just ripped that out behind. No, I think it's part of the. I think it's part of the equation that gets left behind. Hmm, that makes sense. I didn't believe it at first. Thought it was fake news, real fake news, not the fake news that Trump throws around. Man dies in Fulton County Jail after a long-term bite from from bed bugs. I heard about that. That's a whole lot of motherfucking bed bugs. Yeah, and it's a long time laying in the bed. Or bed bugs are fine. Yeah. I also heard another story where they're taking dead pigeons and trying to turn them into drones, but I don't have the information on that yet. I heard that one, too. Speaking of weird stories coming out of Pennsylvania, WGAL. WGAL, Pennsylvania. Pocuson Township, Pennsylvania. Easy for you to say. Yeah, I I can't. I'm not going to try it again. (laughs) Pocuson. Pocuson Township, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania State Police issued an arrest warrant. For one, Brandon Bam Margera, formerly mm-hmm. professional skateboarder, TV personality, and filmmaker. Did you ever see his film Haggard? No. 
It's actually pretty good. At least I remember it being pretty good. And maybe if I review it now, it's not so good. Maybe it's hanging. On April, on April 23rd at about 10, 11 a.m., troopers from the PSP Avondale Station responded to the 400 block of Hickory Hill Road in Wacopson Township, Chester County. For reported disturbance, the investigation determined that Bam, or Brandon Bam Margera, age 43, of Thornton, Pennsylvania, was involved in a physical confrontation with a victim who suffered minor injuries. Uh, he got himself into a drunk fight. With his <clears> wife. Pennsylvania, yeah, could be. State police said in a statement, police said Margera fled into a wooded area before troopers arrived. He has yet to be found. PSP said an arrest warrant for out of district court in Kennett Square can be found, can be issued for, or has been issued for Majera. If you have any information of Jewish whereabouts, please call. So he's best known for his appearance, as we know, in MTV reality stunt show Jackass and the movies and his own spinoff shows, including Viva La Bam. Speaking years, of, what was one of the most noteworthy family members of Bam Margera on that TV show? Phil. And his dad, April, his mom. And Uncle Vito. Oh, Uncle Vito. And they're all in the movie, by the way, Haggard. You remember what happened to Uncle Vito? No. Bam is not the worst fucking Margera. Uncle Vito. This was back in uh, 2006, so it really got covered up. On August 18, 2006, Margera, that's Vincent Roy Margera, or Uncle Vito, if you will, was arrested at a Colorado Mills mall in Lakewood, Colorado, on suspicion of inappropriately touching two 12-year-old girls. Dirtbag. He was oh, released on a posting bond of $50,000. During the preliminary <clears throat> hearing on February 1, 2007, Majera was represented by Pamela McKay, the same lawyer who defended Kobe Bryant in a 2003-2005 sexual assault case. There was an arraignment hearing on March 5, 2007, at the Majera pleaded not guilty. The trial started on October 22nd in Golden, Colorado. Margera's attorney argued that his clients had been pl- playing his goofy, outrageous, uh, sorry, the, his, their client was playing his quote-unquote goofy, outrageous, and vulgar TV persona for the girls, portraying Margera as a, uh, portraying Margera as a, Binging bumbler, whatever the hell fuck that means, and arguing that Majera's signature arm movement may have been mistaken for breast fondling. <laughs> I doubt that. Either you get touched or you don't. There's no mistaking breast fondling. <laughs> Not, mm-hmm. not that I'm laughing at what he did, but I'm laughing at their excuse. Uh, the jury began to deliberate on the afternoon of October 30th, returning on October 31st. Marger was found guilty to two counts of sexual assault on minors and acquitted on one count. In December 2007, Marger was sentenced to 10 years of probation and served to be served in Pennsylvania. He was further ordered not to portray the character of Don Vito in any capacity, appearing on television, writing books, autograph signings whatsoever. While serving his sentence, he was also ordered to register as a sex offender in Colorado and Pennsylvania to receive evaluation for his mental health and to work on his problems with alcohol. Um, Throughout most of his life, Majera was obese and had difficulty exercising due to his weight. He also had strombosis, which made him uh, partially blind in one eye as well as alcoholism. According to his nephew, Bam, he also suffered from depression, followed his conviction 
Uncle Vito died November 15th, 2015, at the young age of 59. So, yeah. Bam's not the worst one in that family. And just follow that story up with one that's kind of weird to even... I don't know. I feel weird talking about it, but... Mattel is now up on up Bud Light. Mattel? Mattel. The fine people who make plastic shit? Yep. Introduced the first Barbie with Down Syndrome. Uh, I don't think that's worse than Bud Light. I actually think that's kind of cool. I, I didn't say worse. No, it is oh. cool. It's just, you know, in, in, in the, um, you know, marginalized community. So uh, coming in, Washington, the AP, toy company Mattel revealed its first Barbie doll representing a person with Down Syndrome on Tuesday. That's a... The question is, is when you try to visualize it in your head... Comparing to what we know of people and have seen of people with unfortunate people with Down syndrome, and some of them are probably more fortunate than normal people, what does this thing going to look like? Well, that's what I was going to say. Before you even said that, I was I was thinking that's a very thin Risky bridge move. to cross because yes. how do you portray the identifiable facial characteristics of someone with Down syndrome in a plastic molded format? Well, and that's the interesting thing you brought up. So Mattel collaborated with the National Down Syndrome Society to create the Barbie to ensure that the doll accurately represents a person with Down Syndrome, according to the company. Design features the brand new Barbie that were made under the guidance from NDSS, according to Mattel. In addition to portraying some physical characteristics of a person with Down Syndrome, the Barbie's clothing and accessories carry a special meaning. The blue and yellow on the doll's dress accompanied by butterflies represent symbols and colors associated with Down syndrome awareness. And then the three chevrons on the Barbie's necklace represents how people with Down syndrome have three copies of their 21st chromosome, according to Mattel. In addition to Barbie wears um, ankle foot orthotics, which some children with Down syndrome use. This means that uh, much of our community who for the first time can play with a Barbie doll that looks like them, according to NDSS president and CEO Candy Picard. So I'm looking at a picture of Skipper mm-hmm. and then a picture of this new doll. And they did it very tastefully. Yes, they did. Um it's got a little bit of a, a it's just got a rounder head. It, it doesn't have the face. it doesn't have oval. the Barbie jawline and it doesn't yeah, have the distinguished oval. And that's pretty much it. What maybe a little wider set eyes, not much. I'm looking at good. I'm looking at other Down syndrome dolls. There's one, the Midland Educational Anatomically Correct 15 inch baby doll with Down syndrome on Amazon, and that one looks more clearly has more what we would associate the telltale signs of facial features compared to this version of the Barbie. I think without the clothes and the necklace. It's just like like a Barbie with no chin, with no jawline and no chin. Yep, yep. I think they did a good job. Yeah, that's very, it. very, very cool, very cool, very that cool. That is all I have for the news. Good for them. It is something I totally agree with. Too. I'm gonna throw an audible too. I got a real quick news story I came across today. When you think of the 1800s, cowboy actually, yeah, 1800s, early 1900s. You want to hire yourself a group of thugs. You hire you a group of assholes called the Pinkertons. Oh, yeah. 
Aren't they also in Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption too? Yeah, which takes place about 1889. You know, fun fact, living in Montana, I knew a Pinkerton of the Pinkerton family. Fun fact, the Pinkertons are still around. Yes, they are. Fun fact. Not so fun fact for certain people. Um, like a family. I'm trying to figure out who makes the Magic the Gathering cards. It wasn't Mattel. Who is that? Hasbro. Hasbro said, hey, uh, Mattel, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, Dateline. I think they've gotten way too ha- out of hand on this one. Yeah. Uh, this Dateline. Magic. The Gathering fan allegedly set, up, set upon by the Pinkerton for unleashing cards. You, uh, Magic's Gathering leaks... Magic the Gathering leaks are nothing new. Whether by accident or on purpose, reviewers and gamers with early access to new sets of card packs have pretty regularly shown off cards um, before they are allowed to do so. Usually, the consequences for leaks are simple and effective. Uh, Wizard of the Wizard of the Coast, which published Magic the Gathering, typically refuses to allow those individuals early access in the future. Uh, I'm sorry, this is written weird. Wizard. Wizards of the Coast, which publishes Magic the Gathering, typically refuses to allow those individuals early access in the future. Okay. It's slightly more unusual for Wizard to have allegedly sent Pinkerton agents to a man's house in order to retrieve, quote, stolen goods. Over the past week or so, YouTuber known as Old School MTG has been uploading videos of himself opening packs of the new Unleashed Magic the Gathering set, March of the Machine, The Aftermath. He uploaded three videos, which were widely shared on Reddit and MGT communities, even making headlines on IGN and other sites. He alleges to have had 22 boxes and uploaded multiple videos last week. It's estimated that the old school MTG leaked about 75% of the entire set, or about 36 cards of the 50 card set. This set is scheduled to be released in just a few weeks, the officials revealed. Um, let's see. And on Sunday, April 23, Old School MGT uploaded a video titled The Aftermath of the Aftermath. Everything is gone. <clears throat> he describes how the Pinkerton agents allegedly showed up at his door that morning demanding the return of the magic cards. You might be familiar with the name the Pinkertons and the risk management and security firm that many people associate with agents sent to undermine unions in the early 1900s. Infiltrating those unions in order to prevent unionizations from gathering employment, I'm sorry, gaining employment. Recruiting goon squads, active security guards for management and undermining strikes. Pinkertons were also part of the Battle of Blair Mountain, the largest labor uprising in the United States, where, well, the Pinkertons dropped Moftoff cocktails and hand grenades on coal miners who wanted to unionize. Um, Yeah, they were union busters. Yep. This is the kind of company you hire when you want to intimidate people and force them to comply immediately. According to his YouTube video, the Pinkertons allegedly asked Old School MGT to overturned the quote stolen product which is in this case magic cards they collected the cards the boxes that they came in and even the foil and the booster sets they are wrapped in now did they show up with the cops because they have no rights to come into somebody's property uh, i haven't gotten uh, they haven't said so so far in a story mm-hmm. he stated so that the agents way to get shot he stated that the agents uh, counted the cards to make sure they retrieved all of them. In the video, Old School MGT said that the agents also mentioned, quote, jail time while they were speaking to him and his wife. The agents gave Old School MGT the name and number of the Wizards of the Coast, allegedly told him to delete the videos he posted on YouTube and left. 
old school MG. Wasn't these cards accidentally sent to him early? Yeah, that's what he's claiming. Old school MGT thinks he knows how the mix-up happened and says that he believes that the complete accident and he received these cards ahead of time. He said he purchased the booster boxes from a friend who of a friend of his who is quote, not really a magic player and is much more in, invested in the trading card games, the TCGs like yo a bunch of nerdy shit <laughs> because the early set of cards was titled March of machines and it was released on April 21st old school suspect that the supplier simply didn't realize that these cards he was selling titled March of the machine. The aftermath was a different unreleased set. When he, uh, when he got on the phone with uh, the representatives from West Coast, uh, Old School MGTP said the man was apologetic and that he needed all the products back in order to, quote, plug the hole. He describes the interaction was nice and laid back, but it appears, it appears that the Wizards of the Coast was apologetic about sending literal Pinkerton agents to his house. When asked for com- comment, Wizard of the Coast confirmed that, that the video is allegations and that the alleged Pinkerton agents were quote part of their investigation. When he asked for clarification, the company said it had no additional details to share and did not deny hiring the Pinkertons to aid in the product retrieval. IO9 has reached out to the old school MGT for comment in the wake of the tumultuous year of fandom, a bunch of other nerd shit that are not we don't care about. Yeah. So, this is, it's so crazy how these corporations get. Um, I was talking to my boss. I came across this news story a few weeks ago, and we're going to wrap it up. But long story short, it was a 60 Minutes clip of this old couple who run a website about, um, they publish a newspaper, online newspaper about e-commerce websites. And they had a lot to say about eBay and their poor business practices. And they started getting threatening letters in the mail, phone calls saying your wife's going to die. They get letters from uh, funeral homes in the mail. Then they got a letter saying, "Sorry, you're wet. You're wet. What do they call it? Your wet. Your wet species or your wet sample couldn't be delivered." When they looked it up, it turns out a wet species or wet sample is a dead pig uterus. All kinds of shit. Started getting these threatening phone calls, letters. They called the FBI. The FBI looked into it. It was the current CEO, three former FBI's who were the heads of security, and four other top officials for fucking eBay. They were so mad that these guys were talking shit about them on their website that they were sending them, they actually sent like six people to their town to follow them around, take pictures, send them these threatening letters, send them the funeral fucking brochures and all the shit for talking bad about eBay on their fucking website. Yeah, when they got found out, I'm sure they got smacked. Three of them went to jail, and the CEO got fired. But you know, it's a bad look. Yep. And uh, speaking of bad looks, I'm getting tired. I want to go to bed. So uh, thank each and every one of you for your continued support. And we will talk to you all next week. I'm for myself and Gordon. Hopefully, Mike will be back. We will talk to you all later. This has been a Digital 410 production. (laughs) 